0: Are you ready to break through and find out what's possible for you on the other side of betrayal? If you are tired of the anguish, the pain, the confusion, the overwhelm, or the obsessive thoughts, then reach out. Schedule your one on one, hour long breakthrough call, and together, we will figure out what you need to do to break through and get to the other side of betrayal. During our time together, you can explain what's going on with you. Together, we will figure out what it is that's blocking you, whether it's your partner's stubbornness or inability to move forward on the same page as you, mindset, finances, concern about your kids, Whatever it is, together we will figure out what that block is and then we will put together a strategy so you can move ahead step by step and get to the other side of betrayal without overwhelm, without confusion, without being distracted and losing focus and wasting time, money or your valuable energy. Isn't it time for you to get where you want to be? On the other side of this horrific situation, looking back with peace and perspective. When we get together, not only will you have that one-on-one hour-long Zoom call with me, but we'll also record it so everything will be memorialized and you always will have something to go back to so you know your own personalized plan. And you will also receive 30 minutes of follow-up Voxer support with me, so you won't lose track, so you won't get derailed. And so, if you need something adjusted, together we will be able to adjust it. To schedule your appointment, go to BetrayalRecoveryGuide.com and click on the pop-up link. Or reach out Laura, L-O-R-A, at Laura Cheadle, L-O-R-A-C-H-E-A-D-L-E dot com, and let's get you scheduled. I can't wait to help you step back into your power and reclaim your identity, self-worth, and create exactly the kind of life that you love. Hello and welcome to Flaunt, create a life you love after infidelity or betrayal. I'm Laura Cheadle and I believe the betrayal uncovers the truth, not only about the person or the situation that betrayed you, but about yourself, about all of the things within you that you have covered up, brushed under the rug, thought, I'll deal with that later, Because right now I just have to fill in the blank. I just have to get my kids in bed. I just have to get this project done at work. I just have to go to sleep myself because I've got a big day tomorrow. All of those things that we put off and that we think I'll deal with later. And then we never, ever, 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 ever get around to dealing with. When we have been betrayed, it uncovers the truth about all of those things inside. And it gives us a glorious, yes, I'm going to say glorious, opportunity to finally take off the mask, to do that deep self-reflection, and to make changes that will last forever. Because we're no longer just putting a Band-Aid on things. We are actually doing the work to heal the wound. Now, before we go any further, I really would love to connect with you because as women, we are all in this together. If you go to BetrayalRecoveryGuide.com, you can download your copy of my Sparkle After Betrayal Recovery Guide. After you download that, You will get a series of five emails where I share my personal story with betrayal with you and how it was that I came to realize that betrayal uncovers the truth and that this horrible, most horrible time in my life was actually a really big gift. After that, you'll be on my list. You can unsubscribe at any time. I only send a couple emails out um, a month tops. But it will keep you in this loop of support and connection with others who are going through the same thing. Now, whether or not it is infidelity, betrayal exists all around us. It's just that so often when people think about betrayal, they think about the intimate partner betrayal. But in reality, betrayal is everywhere. Think about the COVID pandemic. Whether or not we identified it, didn't you feel like, oh my God, my immune system is betraying me? What do you mean there's this novel coronavirus? My immune system can handle it. And then to be told, no, actually your immune system can't handle it. Wow, that feels like your body is betraying you. A betrayal is defined as the breaking of an expectation that you have relied on, that ruptures your view of yourself or the world? Didn't the pandemic rupture your view of the world? Because it certainly ruptured mine. It was like, wait, I count on the fact that we can go to stores, that we can hug other people. Wow, this ruptured my view of the world. Oftentimes in our careers, in our jobs, we have these expectations that if I do a good job, if I take care of things in the way I'm supposed to take care of them, I'll be rewarded. I'll be promoted. I'll be X, Y, and Z. And then in reality, that doesn't always happen the way that we expect it. And then what happens? We are disappointed. And we internalize that disappointment. We think, what did I do wrong? How often in your life have you said, but I did everything right? Whether it was with a marriage, like a divorce and infidelity, whether it was getting fired, not getting promoted, whatever it was, your kids not turning out the way you thought. How many times in your life have you said or thought, but I did everything right? If you're anything like me, a lot, a whole stinking lot. But I did everything right. Whenever those words come out of your mouth, it's a sign that you have felt betrayed, that you have been betrayed, because that's the thing about betrayal. It doesn't have to be intentionally. Yes, somebody can intentionally betray you. Yes, your boss, your company, the coworkers, your friend, they can intentionally share a secret. They can intentionally take credit for your idea. They can do all of these things, but they can also unintentionally do them. They can unintentionally betray you. And that is just as painful as intentional betrayal. It doesn't matter if the betrayal is intentional or unintentional. It hurts just the same. Today, I wanted to talk about some of the things that we can do to stand in our own power, to stay in our own power, whether we have been intentionally betrayed or unintentionally betrayed. And why this is coming up is because I recently saw Greta Gerwig's Barbie movie, which, by the way, is phenomenal and fantastic and I highly recommend that you see it. Now, you might've heard about this because it's all over the internet right now. Um, But this is America Ferrera's little monologue. And this is how it goes. And I'll probably cry reading it because I just cry thinking about it. It's literally impossible to be a woman. You are so beautiful and so smart and it kills me that you don't think you're good enough. Like we have to always be extraordinary, but somehow we're always doing it wrong. You have to be thin, but not too thin. And you can never say what you that you wanna be thin. You have to say you wanna be healthy, but you also have to be thin. You have to have money, but you can't ask for money because that's crass. You have to be a boss, but you can't be mean. You have to lead, but you can't squash other people's ideas. You're supposed to be, you're supposed to love being a mother, but don't talk about your kids all the dang time. You have to be a career woman, but also be looking out for other people. You have to answer for men's bad behavior, which is insane. But if you point that out, you're accused of complaining. You're supposed to stay pretty for men, but not so pretty that you tempt them too much or threaten other women because you're supposed to be a part of the sisterhood but always stand out and always be grateful. But never forget that the system is rigged. So find a way to acknowledge that, but also be grateful. You have to never get old, never be rude, never show off, never be selfish, never fall down, never fail, never show fear, never get out of line. It's too hard, it's too contradictory, and nobody gives you a medal or says thank you. As it turns out, the fact that there are only, and it turns out, that not only are you doing everything wrong, but everything is your fault. I'm just so tired of watching myself and every single other woman tie herself into knots so that people will like us. And if all of that is true for a doll representing a woman, then I don't even know. So there, and like I said, it brings up a lot in me. This is why my TEDx was on the same topic over a year ago. If you haven't watched it, my TEDx is entitled Uncovering Bias in Gender and Women's Sexuality. And it raises so many of the same points. And here's what I love about that monologue and that movie is it raises awareness. People are sharing it, memeing it up, all of this stuff, because it resonates, because somebody has finally put words to what it is that we're feeling. And we can all be like, yes, it's not my fault. And I'm so tired of being blamed. And if you think about this whole betrayal situation, we get blamed when somebody betrays us. It's the ultimate victim blaming. And it's insane, How many of you who have faced infidelity have been asked by somebody, What did you do? Or what didn't you do? Or there's things you can do to keep your husband happy. There's things you can do to prevent that bad behavior. And it's like, Oh my God, that is insane. How many of you moving through this process have internalized something like, I should have been thinner? I should have been prettier. I should have been nicer. I should have been more compassionate. I shouldn't have talked about my kids all the dang time. I shouldn't have been that focused on being a good mother, which I'm supposed to be, that I took time away from my partner because he needed me too. And again, I'm using very narrow gender terms here, but it applies to same-sex relationships. It applies to all relationships, just for ease of speaking. Oftentimes I say him, her, man, woman. But please know it applies no matter how the relationship is structured or who did the cheating. Anyway, you're supposed to stay pretty for men, but not too pretty that you tempt other other women, other men. Because after all, you're part of the sisterhood. Let's think about that dynamic with the other woman. What is that level of threat? Like, what did she do? What did he do? Was she too pretty? Am I not like, oh my gosh, this entire monologue expresses so much of the pain that we feel in general, but that is amplified when there's a betrayal situation. And again, any kind of betrayal situation, but also, and especially an in infidelity and betrayal system, um, system, <laughs> whatever it is, situation, totally had a brain loss there. Here's what I want to talk about today. I think we can all agree that this is the problem. I think that many of us can agree that even if we don't resonate with absolutely everything that is said in here, we can agree with a lot of it and we can see that it is true for others. Even if you yourself don't experience this, I think it's fair to say this is something that we can see that many women do experience. This show is going to take it one step further. This step is going to talk about all of the things that you can actually do do to combat this. We've agreed that this is the problem. It's fine to stay in that problem state for a while and be like, this is it. And somebody expressed it. Now other people are aware of it. Yay. That's step one. So what, what are we going to do about it? How do we change? Because there's so much frustration that One person can't change the world. We can't change the world. Change is really slow, blah, 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 blah. What are the concrete things that you can do, that I can do, that we can collectively all do right here, right now? Not only to change the world for our daughters, not only to change the world going forward, but what are the things that we can do right now that will make us feel better today? Because after all, Don't we want to feel better today if we're already tired and it's already our fault and the system is already rigged and we're already playing a game that we can't win? I just want to feel better. So that's what I want to talk about today. What are some of the things that we can do to feel better? All right. The first thing that we can do to make us feel better is to acknowledge the problem, acknowledge that this system is rigged however you want to define that, I don't care, and acknowledge that this is a game that we're playing. Life is a game that we're playing. Don't get all paranoid on me. (laughs) Life is a game that we're playing. It's the career game. It's the motherhood game. It's the marriage game. Everything is this balance. Everything is a game. We all have a destination in mind. I want a happy marriage. I want healthy, functional children. I want to progress in my career. Whatever it is, we have an end goal. And if you don't have an end goal, that's another issue. And yes, I can help you figure out that end goal. But once we have an end goal, it becomes a game to get there. So that's that first step is realizing that it is the game and this is how we play the game and learning how to play the game does matter. So let's talk about that. When you're in a dysfunctional game, the number one way to win is to stop playing the dysfunctional game. So, that is my first trick and tip for you is to stop playing the game. Sit with that for just a moment. Stop playing the game. What does that mean? Let's think about a ball game because most people have tossed a ball back and forth with somebody. What does it mean to stop playing the game? It means when somebody throws the ball at you, You literally do not pick it up and you don't throw it back. That's what I mean by stop playing the game. Let's talk about that in real life, because if you're anything like me and some of the women that I've coached, they'll say things like, I get that in theory, but what does that mean? Okay, let's think about a toxic relationship. Let's think about a relationship that's struggling, whether it's personal or professional. When my husband has said rude, snotty, horribly disrespectful things to me that tick me off, I get a little bit righteous. My feminist side comes out. My human side comes out. Let's face it. It's not just about feminism. It's about humanity. And I get fired up. You can't say that to me. You can't treat me that way. I don't know why you speak to me like that. You wouldn't speak to a coworker like that. You wouldn't speak to your friend like that. So why are you speaking to me like that? Hey, what am I doing when I do that? I'm picking up the ball and I'm throwing it back. And I'm saying by my response to that, I am teaching you. Did you not know that you're not supposed to speak to women like that? You're, that you're not supposed to speak to anybody like that, that I am your wife and you can't speak to me like that. Okay, let's break that down. Do I really think my husband doesn't know? Yeah, I think he knows. I think he knows. If he doesn't know, then that would be an appropriate learning opportunity to let somebody know where your boundaries are or what you're feeling. Like if somebody says something to you for the very, very first time ever, you might say, hey, I need to communicate. I am not a hugger. I don't like physical touch. I'm fine, fist bumping, but I don't want a hug. That's communicating a boundary. There is no anger in that. You're teaching somebody your boundary. So if somebody says horrible, snotty, rude things to you, and you've never had a relationship with them, that would be a time like maybe at work to say, you know what? I don't respond well to anger or to yelling. I get very triggered when that happens and I shut down. Because the things that you're saying to me is important because I want to do a good job here. I need to communicate that anger shuts me down. What I am going to do if there's a situation where I start feeling myself triggered is I'm going to step away because what you're saying is important to me. And then I will remove myself. That's the communication and then the boundary around it. And that's not playing the game. It's owning your power. This is how to stay in your power. Communicate, express that boundary. So going back to my original example, because I kind of segued into a tip or a trick, which is powerful and important, but I know that my husband knows it's rude to do that, to treat me that way. I'm truly not educating him when I say, you can't speak to me like that. I'm not going to put up with that. Would you talk to somebody else like that? That's not new news to him. I've probably said it 400 times. It's already been communicated. If it hasn't, I need to own that. So when I am communicating that, I'm not communicating that. I am vomiting my frustration with with the relationship, with the situation. I am vomiting my frustration. I am not educating. I am not enlightening. I am not setting a boundary. Ding, 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 ding. That is not setting a boundary saying, you can't treat me like that. You can't say that to me like that. I'm not going to take that. Would you talk to somebody else like that? 0% effective. That is vomiting frustration. So that's my question to you. Do you engage like that? Do you pick up the ball and throw it back? This is my frustration. Bam. This is my pain. Bam. This is my... What do you do around that? Because that's playing the game. And again, it doesn't matter if it comes from a partner. It doesn't matter if it comes from your parents. It doesn't matter if it comes from a coworker, a boss, a friend, a neighbor. Is this a game you can win at? Is this a game you want to play? Some people are bound and determined to win at all costs. We're going to go into this a little bit deeper, but I want you to be aware some people will win at all costs. People who have been hurt, people who have lived through some significant trauma, people who have fragile egos, wounded people will not let themselves lose. Let's say that again about 400 times. Wounded people will not let themselves lose. Wounded people will rig the game so they win at all costs. They will hurt other people. They will hurt themselves. They will go against their core values and beliefs. They don't care who they hurt in the process. They will protect themselves from hurting. They will protect themselves from hurting. A truly wounded person who has been wounded and that wound is not healed does not want you coming in to an already open sore and poking around at it. So they will protect themselves at all costs. It doesn't matter if they hurt you or their children. It doesn't matter if they impact their career or their families or their friends It doesn't matter if they impact their health. Their number one goal is preventing that wound from being poked because that wound hurts. How do you know if you're dealing with one of these people? Really, right off the bat, you don't. You learn. You might surmise. But that person will do everything in their power to prevent themselves from hurting including lie, cheat, steal, wound, whatever. When you are in an interaction with a person like that and you are butting heads, you will not win. You will not win because they will not lose. So it's your choice. Do I stand in my power? Do I acknowledge this? Do I say like, "Ugh, that is frustrating? that is not fair it doesn't feel good it doesn't feel right but i'm going to stand my power by realizing this is a wounded person who will not go down and who will not lose and if i engage with them what is going to happen is my level of stress is going to increase my level of frustration is going to increase my level of pain is going to increase and i'm going to get hurt by them because i'm standing in the line of fire Do you want to play that game? If you want to play that game, you absolutely can. It is your choice. And if you don't want to play that game, don't play that game. Don't pick up the ball. Don't throw it back. Don't engage. Don't teach. You can't do that to me. Don't explain. Blah, 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 blah. Don't engage. You're not going to win. Don't engage. So let's break this down a little bit because I can hear you saying, but I can't live like that, but that's not fair. But what about my needs? But what about this? But what about that? But, 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 yes. And it starts with you and it ends with you and not everything has to be resolved in the instant you feel frustration in the instant something happens. If You have raised kids or been around kids. You know you can't reason with a toddler. They call it the terrible twos for a reason. Even though in my experience, it was more like the terrible threes. The twos were pretty sweet. They call it the terrible twos for a reason. Because you can't reason with a toddler. So what are some of the parenting tips? The parenting tips are distract and divert. If you go head to head with a toddler, you're probably going to lose. Distract and divert. So if you've got a toddler focused on something that they can't have, if you stand in front of the toddler who is looking at the teddy bear on the shelf or whatever it is, and you put your hands on your fist and you say, no, you can't have that. No, you're not going to win. The toddler is not going to say, well, okay. And you can explain, teddy bears are bad. We don't have money. You already have three at home. I don't care what you say. The toddler is not going to be like, oh, that totally makes sense. Thank you for enlightening me. The best way to deal with that sometimes is the distracting and the diverting. No, no, no. But look over here. Look over here. We have gummy bears. Who wants a gummy bear? Look at the gummy bear. Wee, mommy's got you. To lean into something else, to distract and to divert that attention. There are so many things that we can learn from that in our adult relationships. Yes, it can be frustrating, but it's about standing in your power and deciding that your state of mind matters most. The way you feel matters most. If you don't care about peace and harmony and feeling good, then by all means, engage. Scorch the earth, burn it down have a screaming match, create havoc. If that's fine by you, fine by me, it's your choice. But for me, my peace of mind matters most. I would rather suck it up in the moment by, and I'm going to define suck it up in the moment, suck it up in the moment by being the bigger person, realizing what's going on and intelligently managing the situation by not letting my frustration Get the better of me in that moment. Oh my God, this is hard to do. (laughs) Because as adults in partnerships or at work or wherever it is, we do tend to think like we're all adults here. How many times have you said that? Or we're all adults here. Mm, Yeah, but not really. We're all adults here. But if you look at the percentage of people that have significant trauma in their life, we're all adults here, but we're all wounded adults here. Some of us more than others, but there are a lot of wounded adults out there. So let's realize that and let's understand what that means. And let's keep our power by staying in our center and managing how we feel. Okay. So back around this original example, your partner is like, yeah, blah, 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 blah. And you feel this rush, feel this rage. You want to pick up the ball and you want to throw your frustration at them. We know that's not going to end well. I don't need to play out that example. It's not going to end well, and your partner is not going to change. Okay, so you decide to suck it up. And I said I'm going to talk about suck it up a little bit more because it's just sucking it up in that moment. It's not squashing yourself. It's not walking on eggshells. It's not tiptoeing around the relationship. It is just in that moment. Not vomiting your frustration back on in that moment, it's realizing one, is this a game I can win? Nope. <laughs> Two, is there information that I have to communicate to this person that they don't know? Probably not. If there is, then communicate it using I statements and then state a boundary after it. And the boundary is on something you are going to do, not something that you're telling them to do because you can't make somebody else do a darned I statements and boundaries. If it's already stuff that you've communicated, you're not going to teach them anything, especially in a heated moment. Take a moment and breathe. Feel whatever emotion is coming up for you and identify it. I am so freaking frustrated. We've played this scenario out a thousand times and I'm really frustrated. Acknowledge it to you. I'm angry. I'm afraid things are never going to change. I'm afraid my kids are seeing this and this is going to impact them. I am tired. Acknowledge what it is that you're feeling. That's a huge, huge piece of it. So you can let those emotions process within you. So you're not stuffing them down, and they're going to explode. So you're not vomiting them out on somebody and adding fuel to the fire. Because it is not your job to add fuel to the fire. And yes, it's not fair. But so is having your emotions rocked. So is having your night ruined. So is having your career trashed. So is any of that. You were in charge of the outcome of most situations. And I know I feel you pushing back on that. And I'm just going to lovingly keep pushing back. You are in charge of the outcome of most situations. Because you choose your behavior. And when you know you're playing a game you can't win, you need to disengage. And you might be saying, but if I'm disengaging, I'm not winning. Make a new game. You're not playing the game that somebody threw at you. You're creating a new situation. You're walking away. You're taking your ball and you're going home. You are in charge And too many of us don't realize that we're in charge. We think we need to respond. We think we need to react. We think we need to know. Take your ball and go home. Call a girlfriend. Go to a movie. Take a walk. Journal it out. Dance it out. Big proponent of dancing it out here. I can help you with that. Take your ball and go home. Don't play that game. You're not ruining the whole relationship forever. You are removing yourself from that situation in that moment, and you're not engaging in that game. I just want you to breathe into that for a little bit. The big three things that women have been trained to do, and I talk about this a lot on my show and in my book and in my work and in my coaching, we have been trained to please other people. We have been trained to perform for other people, and we have been trained to conform. And this whole Barbie monologue really is about those three things. We think we have to please. So if somebody comes at you with snarky, rude comments, you blah, 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 whatever it is, what do we want to do? We want to please. We want to please them by playing the game. Think about that. We want to please them by playing the game. We want to pick up the ball and throw it back. Stop. Breathe. Feel your frustration. See, is this a wounded person that will do anything to protect themselves from being hurt right now? Yep, that looks like what's going on. I don't need to please them. When somebody picks a fight with you, sometimes it relieves their tension. So often, the people that I coach will say their partner would pick fights with them before they would go out and have the affair, engage in that contact. Because they needed an excuse. Now, I am not blaming you by saying this. Don't think that. I'm just asking you to ponder what their internal mental state would have been if you wouldn't have played that game. If they were trying to pick a fight and trying to pick a fight and trying to pick a fight so they could make themselves feel better, and you never picked up that ball, I'm not saying what they would have I'm not saying they wouldn't have done it but I'm curious would they have felt more guilt and shame around it if they didn't have that excuse excuses in air quotes what would have changed for them not for you what would have changed in them I don't know but going forward how can you control the trajectory of the conversations by refusing to engage. Don't please them by having a fight. Do you think somebody doesn't know when they say something snotty or engaging? I know it. I know it when I say things that are passive aggressive. I know it when I say things that are a little bit underhanded. I know when I'm trying to provoke a response. People do. People know that. People know. Don't play that game. That is you standing in your power. Don't please them by playing the game. It's always a thrill if you're being passive aggressive and somebody takes the bait and you're like, yeah. Don't play that game. Keep your peace. Pleasing is bigger than that, too. I just wanted to take that example. But pleasing is all of the things that we do to make other people happy or that we think Will make other people happy and one of those phrases is after everything i've done for you after everything i put into this marriage after everything i did for this relationship i tried counseling i read all the books i did this i did that i changed whoa 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 rewind the tape on that why are you doing things for other people If you're doing things for other people because it really is feeling good for you, then you need to let go of the expectations on the outcome. If I am cooking for you and cleaning for you, just for examples, for little concrete examples, because it brings me joy, then it doesn't matter if you like it or not, because it brings me joy and I did it because it pleases me and I did it for you because that's something that is in me. The second that I say, how could you mess up the house after I cleaned it? You didn't come home for dinner after I cooked it. Mm, and that's me seeking to please you. Whole different dynamic. Same actions, whole different dynamic. And it has to do with your expectations around it and your honesty with yourself. Am I making this beautiful, you know, homemaking scene with a beautiful house and a beautiful meal? for me. Because if I do and it pleases me, your reaction doesn't matter. Your response doesn't matter because I have pleased me. When I read a good book, it's an internal experience and I have pleased myself. And I now don't get mad at you for the book that I just read. That's my internal experience. That's how you know, am I doing it for me or am I doing it for somebody else? You read a book and it's for you and you go, ah, and you bask in that glory. If doing things for your partner, your kids, whatever, is an internal experience, their response doesn't matter. Their response doesn't matter. It just doesn't because it's about you, because it's pleasing you. The second their response matters, you're doing it to please. There's an ulterior motive, no matter how small, no matter how subconscious, No matter how deeply programmed in the fabric of femininity, that is not okay. You got to start recognizing it. Yes, I like a clean house. Yes, I like to cook these meals. Yes, I like. Now, when you do something for somebody, there can be a choice around that. I said this a couple of weeks back. My husband asked me to do some things for him because I want to be a good partner, because the marriage matters, because the partnership matters, that I choose to do those things for him. I choose that. I'm not seeking to please him. Pleasing and seeking to please are totally different things. We could do a whole show on the difference between pleasing and seeking to please. He asked me to do some things. I choose to please him by doing those things. I am not seeking to please by being like, I'm going to try this and I'm going to try that. And he should totally love this meal I made. Why didn't he notice that the toilets were sparkling? That is seeking to please. Seeking to please is not healthy ever. If you know what makes somebody happy and you choose to please them, go for it. Seeking to please it, seeking to please is not Going to work. That's about you feeling unworthy. Hands down. Seeking to please is about you feeling unworthy and wanting external validation. Seeking to please is about you feeling unworthy and seeking external validation. Not going to help. Validation has to come from within. We have to fill ourselves up. Second thing is seeking to conform. No, he wants me to do this. Society wants me to do that. Blah, 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 blah. How do we stop conforming? It's all tied around that seeking to please. You have to know yourself. You have to know yourself. Otherwise, yes, I'm going to look this way. I'm going to be thin. I'm going to be healthy. I'm going to be whatever. Who are you? And what do you want to be? It's that unapologetic nature Of being who you are. You're not seeking to conform for validation. It all comes back to self worth and validation. This is my body age. This is my body size. This is my body condition. I can like it and be very satisfied. I can dislike it and be very unsatisfied, but it is what it is. I have to accept that unconditionally. If I want to let go of this whole conforming thing, the golden center of flaunt, AU, stands for accept unconditionally. And it's the golden center because that's where so much of the magic happens. When you seek to conform, you're seeking to change who you are in order to be accepted by others, in order to be approved of by others which keeps you off balance because like in the Barbie monologue, it's thin, it's healthy, it's rich, it's poor. It's all of these different things. We're seeking to conform to this ideal, and it doesn't have to be a physical ideal. Like leadership, you have to be a leader, but you can't be mean. Okay, really? You have to be a good mom, but you can't talk about your kids. Wow. How does that work? I'm not going to conform to Any of those ideals. I don't have to be a leader. I don't have to be mean. I don't have to be nice. I don't have to be a good mom. I don't have to talk about my kids and I don't have to not talk about my kids. I can be who I am in this moment and this moment changes. So when I seek to conform, I'm always living in the past. I'm always living in the future. Who knows what the style is going to be tomorrow? I'm seeking to conform to yesterday's version of who somebody says I'm supposed to be. Quit seeking anything. Just be. Quit seeking. Just be. Performing is that last aspect that I talk a lot about. We're always performing. We're never just being. I'm tired, but I'm going to put on a mask. I'm going to put on a happy face be tired yes you might have to dig deep but it's about you how do you nurture and nourish yourself we hear so much about self care yes i do a lot of work in the burnout space burnout and betrayal those are my those are my jams those are my wheelhouses when people are burned out so often it's because they're trying to perform they're trying to do something for other people they're trying to please conform and perform i can do that project maybe you can but can you do it in a way that actually nourishes you. Self-care is not an activity that we do. We don't have a self-care weekend. We don't have a vacation and take self-care. Self-care is in every single stinking moment. Right now, I need water. Right now, I need a breath of fresh air. Right now, I need to communicate or reestablish a boundary. Right now, I need... To quit being distracted and I need to focus. What are the things that you need to do right now in that moment that is going to help you do what it is that you want to do? It's not about performing. It's about doing what you need to do. Whether it's laundry, whether it's file for divorce, whether it's take some time to figure out who the heck you are, whether it's a big project at work, performing is again, doing it so you look good versus doing it good. Doing it so you look good versus doing it good. You know, people talk about FaceTime at work. I got to do FaceTime. That's performing. No, you don't. No, you don't. You got to do what you're supposed to do. However, that works for you. We all work differently. We all live differently. We all believe differently. We all do all of these things differently. Quit performing. Quit seeking self-care. Quit leaning in. Do yourself in the moment. Yes, you know what you need to get done. Yes, there can be deadlines. Yes, you might have to work a little harder or take a little, but nourish yourself in every moment. Self-care happens in every breath. Being yourself happens in every breath. Pleasing yourself happens in every breath. We make it so complicated. And going back to this whole Barbie monologue, which I just love the American Pharaoh, my tongue is saying all these things. Going back to this monologue, what can we do about it? What we can do is stop seeking to please anybody but ourselves, stop seeking to conform to anybody else's standards, and stop performing for ourselves. That doesn't mean doing all these things. That doesn't mean being big and pushing it out there. It's just that subtle shift in our own energy field. It means not picking up the ball and throwing it back because the game is rigged. The system is rigged and we're not going to win. It just means stopping and doing for ourselves, managing our own discomfort, managing our own frustration, connecting with others who are on a similar journey. I do a lot of work with my community. Please join my community. Again, BetrayalRecoveryGuide.com, I can get you hooked in to my community because this is part of that support and that sisterhood is figuring it out and talking through things and how much is too much? Am I putting up and shutting up? It's not what I really mean to do. How can I stand back in my power? Standing in your power takes practice. You will fail. You will succeed but it helps to have other people help walk you through the situations, help untangle the situations. That's what coaching is about, is untangling the situations. What am I not seeing in this situation? If something keeps coming up, if something happens more than three times in your life, it's a pattern. Start figuring it out. Start untangling that pattern. It's not about other people. It's always about you. And I know that is so hard to hear. If your spouse is driving you crazy, Your spouse probably has their own problems. We all have our own problems, but what about you? You manage you, you manage you, and you are in control because here's the other thing. It's so easy to feel like we're in that one down position. We were betrayed. We were cheated on. We're a woman. I'm in that one down position. Only because you keep yourself there. Only because I keep myself there. Only because we all keep playing the game. So let me show you how to stop playing the game and to start creating a new game. How to stop worrying about finding your power and just to stand in it. How to stop doing so darn much and just start being. Because that is is how we collectively and individually change the world. Reach out. BetrayalRecoveryGuide.com is a great place to start. Have an amazing week and always remember to flaunt exactly who you are because who you are is always more than enough. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Have you been struggling lately? Relationship issues impact every area of your life. When I found out about my husband's infidelity, I was so devastated. I could barely function. Sleeping was impossible because I couldn't shut off my brain. Eating was a challenge because I felt nauseous all the time. And for the first month or so, everything felt pointless. Whether you're having trouble sleeping, feeling hopeless, or just can't focus, BetterHelp is here to help you. BetterHelp. Offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help. You can talk to your therapist in a private online environment at your convenience. There's a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 20,000 plus therapist network that gives you access to help that might not be available in your area. Just fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you'll be matched with a therapist in under 24 hours. Then you can schedule secure video and phone sessions. Plus, you can exchange unlimited messages, and everything you share is completely confidential. I know that confidentiality was important for me, especially early on when I couldn't even get my own mind wrapped around what was happening. And it was so comforting to be able to speak with someone candidly about everything I was going through to validate that what I was feeling and experiencing was completely normal. You can request a new therapist at no additional charge anytime. Join the 2 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced help. Therapist special offer to Flaunt create a life you love after infidelity and betrayal. Listeners, you get ten percent off your first month at BetterHelp.com/flaunt. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com/flaunt. F-L-A-U-N-T. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. Are you ready to break through and find out what's possible for you on the other side of betrayal? If you are tired of the anguish, the pain, the confusion, the overwhelm, or the obsessive thoughts, then reach out. Schedule your one on one, hour long breakthrough call, and together we will figure out what you need to do to break through and get to the other side of betrayal. During our time together, you can explain what's going on with you. Together we will figure out what it is that's blocking you, whether it's your partner's stubbornness or inability to move forward on the same page as you. Mindset, finances, concern about your kids, whatever it is, together we will figure out what that block is and then we will put together a strategy so you can move ahead step by step and get to the other side of betrayal without overwhelm, without confusion, without being distracted, and losing focus, and wasting time, money, or your valuable energy. Isn't it time for you to get where you want to be? On the other side of this horrific situation, looking back with peace and perspective. When we get together, not only will you have that one-on-one, hour-long Zoom call with me, but we'll also record it so everything will be memorialized and you always will have something to go back to so you know your own personalized plan. And you will also receive 30 minutes of follow-up Voxer support with me so you won't lose track, so you won't get derailed. And so if you need something adjusted, together we will be able to adjust it. To schedule your appointment, Go to BetrayalRecoveryGuide.com and click on the pop-up link or reach out Laura, L-O-R-A at Laura Cheadle, L-O-R-A-C-H-E-A-D-L-E.com and let's get you scheduled. I can't wait to help you step back into your power and reclaim your identity, self-worth, And create exactly the kind of life that you love. Tune in next time to Flaunt, find your sparkle and create a life you love after infidelity or betrayal with radio host and live choreographer Laura Cheadle every Wednesday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on syndicated Dream Vision 7 radio network. Develop Naked Self-Worth and reclaim your confidence, enthusiasm, and joy so you can create a life you love and embrace who you are today. Download your free Sparkle Through Betrayal Recovery Guide at NakedSelfWorth.com.